Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Elliot, let's get to our next guest. He's been warming up in the bullpen while we had Cindy Morgan from Caddyshack in studio. He should be accustomed to warming up in the bullpen, getting ready to get to the pitcher's mound. And I know he's going to knock out the side here. He's a six-time All-Star. He won a world championship with the 1960 Pirates. He invented, I'd say, the closer position. Elroy Face, how are you doing, Elroy? I'm doing fine. Elroy, when you be started closing for the Pirates. I mean, what did teams do back then? Did they just have different people come in and they basically, the Pirates said, you know what, let's have one guy just be dedicated to pitching the last two, three innings of the game? Well, yeah, I guess uh, they didn't really have any closers at that time. And uh, up until 55, I, I well, I started 27 games. But uh, in 55, I think, or 56, when Murtaugh took over, I was supposed to start the day he took over, and he scratched me from starting, and I never started again. He just put me in a bullpen, and I was the closer from then on. Was that his plan? I mean, uh... I, I don't know what his plan was. <laughs> <laughs> I had pitched for him in New Orleans, too, you know, in, in 54. Uh, and so when he came up the following year as a coach and then took over as manager, why well, he put me in the bullpen, and that's where I pitched my career. Yeah. Because back in those days, you know, I think Jim Constante and uh, maybe Hoyt Wilhelm a little bit would come in at the end of games. But the, usually the, that starting pitcher, if unless he was getting rocked, would would go the full distance. Right, right, right. Well, it's all it's all changed now. <laughs> I mean, I look at your season back in the late fifties. You went eighteen wins. I mean, starters struggle to get eighteen wins nowadays, and you get eighteen wins as a reliever. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Well. I had a loss there too. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> I think most people would take eighteen and one, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe so. That World Series with the Pirates—I mean, it's gone down in history with the Maz home run. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, you—I'm looking at the people you struck out in that first game. I mean, you had a who's who in baseball. I mean, you struck out. You had Moose and Mano. I mean, what that'd be thrilling for you. Well, yeah, I was a little bit nervous to start with my first game, but then. Uh, after a first hitter or two, I settled down, and uh, I struck Mantle out on a fork ball. He said it was a curveball, but it wasn't. It was a fork ball. It, it broke pretty good. But uh, now I've, I've got a sequence of pictures somebody sent me of when I struck Maris out. It shows me getting ready to throw the ball, and then me releasing the ball, and him swimming, and the umpire calling him out. Just a sequence of pictures. Now you had one of the more effective fork balls uh during your day, how did that all come about? Well, when I first came up, I had a curveball and a fastball. That was it. And uh, Mr. Ricky sent me to New Orleans in 54 to work on an off-speed pitch. And when I went to spring training, Joe Page threw a forkball, and he was trying to come back for the Pirates. And during spring training, I, I saw how it was working for him. And so when I got down to New Orleans to work on an off-speed pitch, I started working on that in the bullpen, and then uh, the last half of the season, I started using it. When you won the World Series, was all of America behind the Pirates because they were sick and tired of the Yankees winning every year with all these future Hall of Famers? Uh, I guess maybe their hearts were for the Pirates, but the money was on the Yankees. (laughs) 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 But uh, we had one guy that I know went to Hawaii, and uh, 
he he put all his money he could get on the pirates and ended up the next spring he came to spring training from Hawaii, him and his wife, and he bought a car in California, drove to Florida, drove back to California, had the car shipped back home when he was done here. And he had his house mortgaged and everything against the wow. Yankees. And if he'd have lost, he'd have lost his home and everything. But uh, we won, and uh, he won. <laughs> now, after you won that World Series, did you say, okay, let's? we should get another couple while I'm still here? Well, yeah, we should have in 1966. Six, I believe it was. We lost out in the last series with the Yankees or with the, the Giants, and uh, that was odd too because I had thrown about two weeks before that. I threw a home run to Marichal, lost the ball game, so Walker wouldn't pitch me uh, for the last two weeks of the season. I didn't hardly pitch any, and uh, I the last game I uh, against the Giants, it was the twelfth inning or eleventh or twelfth inning. After Blast came in and threw a home run to McCovey, we were three runs down, and then he called me in to pitch. Do you have any Bing Crosby stories? We've had Ralph Kiner on before. We had Dick Grote, and they told stories about when Crosby owned the Pirates. What was he like? Well, I only met him one time in spring training in 1954 down at Fort Pierce. He was at the in the clubhouse, and I just met him. I never talked to him or anything. So, I mean, I couldn't... Uh, couldn't say what kind of guy he was or anything. You know, I guess I guess he was all right. He seemed to be all right. Okay. Was there uh, one batter who gave you the most trouble of any that you faced? Guys like Richie Ashburn, fellas that guard the plate. Uh, I think Hank Aaron's got one home run off me in a, all the time. He hit it the last time I faced him in Montreal in 1969. When you came up to the big leagues, was there a player you basically idolized growing up, and when you got to face him, you said, you know what, this is incredible? I, not really, I didn't have any idols. Uh, I was 16 years old before I started playing ball in high school. I never played Little League. We didn't have no Little League or anything. So I didn't play ball until I was 16 years old in high school, and five years later I'm pro pro baseball. I was going to say, how how did that happen so quickly? Well, I, I quit. When I was 18, I quit school and went in the Army and pitched a few games in the service, not, not on a baseball team, but just pick up that we had. And we were over in Guam, and we just played week, weekends and played games. And uh, when I came home, I was playing. I got hooked up with a town team, and there was a scout by the name of Fred Matthews. He was on vacation up around my home. And uh, one week I struck out 17, the following week I struck out 18, and he saw the write-up in the paper about it. On Labor Day in 1948, he come and watched me pitch in uh the seventh inning called me over the car and signed me to a contract. <laughs> what a lot of times they say relievers have to have a different personality mentality to be successful. Just having good stuff's not enough. Do you agree with that? No, but I, you got to have a good arm. We've got arm and recuperates quick. Uh, mine used to be tired at night after I pitched sometimes, and uh, the next day I get up and felt like I hadn't pitched in a week. You know, I mean, it, it recovered real quick. In fact, 1956. Reagan had me in nine straight games. I think it was 16 innings I pitched in nine straight games. How many innings would you go? Would you go two, three innings at a time? Well, from the seventh inning on, uh, it was me. <laughs> now, do you look at relievers nowadays who come in for, you know, maybe a third of an inning or for a batter well, and, and wonder what's going on? Yeah, they, they come in with one or two batters, and, and uh, the the batting or winning run never comes to the plate. We used 
He had the winning run had to come to the plate. The winning or tying run had to come to the plate in order for us to get a save. Now he can be sitting on a bench. <laughs> I mean, you had 193 career saves when you retired. It was second behind Hoyt Wilhelm, who's on the Hall of Fame. Is there any talk about the Veterans Committee putting you in? I doubt it. You're supposed to get so many votes uh, on the original ballots in order to be eligible for the veterans. I don't know. Unless they change the rules, I don't know. Now, you were pretty durable having uh, pitched as many innings and as many games, and nowadays it seems pitchers just don't last the way that they used to. Any explanation for any of that? Well, I think probably they don't pitch them enough. Their arms aren't strong enough anymore. Uh, they they run pitch counts, you know. And, and back when we played, uh, Bernard Law, for instance, one time went 17 innings <laughs> against the Braves. It was a two-to-two ball game. And they used a pinch hitter in a 17th inning for him, and we didn't score. Friend comes in to pitch the 18th inning, give up a run. We come back and got two runs about the 18, <laughs> and Friend won it. <laughs> well, you got to see another uh, extra inning effort by Harvey Haddix when he had that perfect game against 12, the Braves in Milwaukee. 12 perfect innings. Uh, got one hit in the 13th inning, and we lost. We had 13 hits, and they got one hit. I never went to the bullpen that night. I stayed on the bench the whole night, never went to the bullpen. A lot is made about pitchers throwing inside that they need to throw inside more, but a lot of times they say, we're not throwing inside because we're not going to risk injuring these guys. They're making millions of dollars. What do you think about that? Well, if their line drives back at you, you're making a million dollars. What's the difference? <laughs> so you think they should brush these guys back, not go for the head, but basically brush them back uh, like Bob just, Gibson did. You know, keep them honest. Keep them honest. Uh, now, if they come inside on the guy, the guy comes out with a bat, he wants to kill you. No. Uh Back when we played, if you knock a guy down, he'd get up and dust the pants off and get back in the batter's box. Or if you hit him, he'd go to first base. That was it. The Pirates now are doing well till they played the Cubs last week when the Cubs swept them. I mean, is Pittsburgh back? Is baseball back in Pittsburgh? Baseball is good. I mean, uh, well, they lost 10 in a row, their last homestand, but the, <laughs> uh, there's the serial drawing 40,000, 30,000, 40,000 people. And, uh, if, if you get a winning team in Pittsburgh, you'll draw. Uh, they've even they've drawn because of the new ballpark. People love to go there, even if they lose. People love to go to the ballpark. So the, it, it wasn't the team that was drawing them in the 18 seasons, the losing seasons. It, uh, it's the new ballpark they love to go to. Yeah. But after a while, that newness and uh, wears well, off. Like, like in Cleveland, people would go to the ballpark to go to the new ballpark, and then the team stopped winning. And the people stop coming. Now Cleveland's back in uh, contention, and people come back to the ballpark. So you, you need that. You need those players on the field to do their jobs too, don't you? Well, true. They have to. They got to hit, score runs, and you got you got to get the other guys out. Uh, the pitching was real great first half of the season, and it faltered here lately a little bit. But uh, the, when the pitching was great, we didn't get no hitting. Now if we get a four or five runs, sometimes the, the pitching goes sour. But uh, I think they're going to be all right. They got the good nucleus of a good ball club. Who was the best player who ever played, in your opinion? The best player that ever played. Well, I don't know. A lot of them I didn't see. <laughs> okay, how about the best player that you played against? Well, I'd have to say Musial and Mays. You know, uh, Robinson. Uh, you know, back I think in the fifties and sixties, was more good ball players of any era in baseball. I mean, more players on each team. 
more good ball players, outstanding ball players. You could go to pitch any team. You had three or four guys could really hurt you. Now you got maybe like St. Louis got Pujol. Uh You don't have that many guys, you know. Well, the Yankees and Red Sox right now they still have it, but uh, back when we played, every team had them. Like Dodgers, you know, they had Robinson, Hodges, Campanella, you know, and uh, Mays and and Aaron and and St. Louis. I mean uh, Milwaukee. It was altogether different then. I I say I, I think it was more good ball players in the fifties and sixties than there are any other era. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Face. It was a pleasure talking to you. And you know what? You belong in the Hall of Fame. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That was Elroy Face, former Pittsburgh Pirates reliever, six-time All-Star. I mean, what a career. Not an imposing figure on the mound, but uh, imposing stats. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have a member of the Miracle Mets from 69, former Matt White Sock, Jerry Kuzman. You listen to Sports and Torts. I'm David Spade with my co-host, Elliot Harris. Stay tuned.